This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Brian Lovegrove, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ski. It's been great to be here today. And uh, we're running a little bit late. The listener doesn't realize this, but we had some technical issues, but we got them solved. And here we are on the show today. Before we get started, I want to put you in the context for the listener. What do you do in this world? I mean, obviously, you're accomplishing things. You're putting, as Steve Jobs says, putting a dent in the universe. So what does that look like for you? Well, for me, I'm a leadership developer and results coach. And what that means is so many people struggle. I'm not a leadership trainer. I'm a leadership developer. So many people struggle with taking and applying and integrating what they've learned into their lives. And as a results coach, my job is to help people reach the level of results they want in their life. Okay. We are going through this thing called the pandemic, which technically is called an endemic now because they, they say it's never going to go away. Yay for that. And a lot of people are, well, they were locked down. They lost their jobs. Now people are going back to work and people are struggling with fear. They're, they're struggling with what I do now, especially if their job has been replaced by automation and what can we do? How, how can we live in a time such as this? You know, some people are giving up or even worse to giving up. They're watching the news all day, every day, which is, I don't recommend anyone do that. So what are some things that people can do in this, this very unusual time we're living in? Well, first off, we have to understand what fear really is. And you probably have heard the acronym, you know, of false evidence appearing real. And in a way, that's true. But fear is what is the number one thing that holds us back from truly achieving anything we really want in our life. And so once you understand what fear is and that it's actually has a positive intent, it's designed to help keep you safe. When you understand that about fear, it makes fear not this big, ugly monster that we think it is, that we have been trained that, oh, we can't get anywhere close to that. You know, when we were young, nobody wanted to be called a coward or a chicken or worse, heaven forbid that somebody triple dog dared us. (laughs) So through this process of education in our lives being programmed or conditioned if you however whatever term you want to call it we have been trained to avoid fear at all cost well the problem is anytime we want to accomplish anything that's outside our comfort zone we're going to run into fear because we have this setting inside of our brain called the subconscious that is constantly filtering all of the information that's coming at us. And when it perceives that we are doing something that is outside of our comfort zone, out of our safety and well-known defined expertise or mode of being, it uses fear to get us back inside that comfort zone. Hmm. But the problem is there's no growth inside our comfort zone. So, And when things change, what happens? We have to stop and evaluate, and we have to learn how to adapt to this new environment. And that's really what we're doing here is we are adapting to a new environment, Mark. One of my favorite quotes uh, of the last couple of years has been Steve Harvey, the, the host of The Family Feud. He says, you have to get comfortable 
with being uncomfortable if you're ever going to achieve success. Let me say that again for the benefit of the listener. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable if you're ever going to achieve success. And to your point, a lot of people like to stay comfortable, but you're not going to achieve your wildest dreams if you're comfortable. You can't name me a single person who's successful today that didn't get uncomfortable. And I think there is a fear of stepping outside a comfort zone. What's going to happen? Well, you're not going to know until you step out. So it's kind of like a catch 22, right? Right. The fear of the unknown is probably one of the biggest ones because we can't identify what that fear is. And see, that's the problem with the subconscious is it when it can't identify what the threat is, it throws up the biggest response it has because its goal is to keep us safe. So it's going to throw up a do not enter sign. And so it prevents us from moving forward. Now, as adults, we don't like to call our fear fear. We call it different things. We call it overwhelm. We call it anxiety. We and, and again, we've tried to normalize these things as these are normal behaviors and normal things that you're going to experience every day. Well, the one name that people wear almost as a badge of courage sometimes is stress. Mm. And through this process of understanding, at the root of all of these is truly fear. But when we understand why we're feeling this way, when we are experiencing this, and when we can actually sit down and actually have a conversation with our subconscious and kind of talk through, okay, fear, thank you for showing up today. What is on your mind? What is causing you concern? And stopping and analyzing what's going on, it's like, oh, you don't understand or you think that going out and, and being on a podcast and, and doing public speaking, which, you know, one of the biggest fears out there, right? What's So what's the perceived threat there? Okay, well, you think I'm going to, they're, they're going to, the fear of criticism, the, the, the fear of loss of approval. There's so many different things that are going to happen there. But every single one of those fears is learned. As babies, we are born with only two fears. Do you know what they are? I can't think of the top of my head. Okay. Number one is the fear of falling. And number two is the fear of very loud noises. So, I mean, you, you've seen a, a, a baby scared by a really loud noise, right? Mm-hmm. So every other fear that we experience is learned. And I pause there is very powerful because I want people to grasp that. Every fear that we experience and we complain about the most and we feel that holds us back is a learned fear. And if it can be learned, it can also be unlearned. I want to go back to, you talked about the subconscious mind, and I just finished reading for like the sixth or seventh time, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. I highly recommend everyone read that book. Subconscious mind is something a lot of people don't understand. It will record every thought, action, word you have ever said ever in your entire life. And it doesn't know the difference between what's true and what's fiction. 
So if you feed your subconscious mind by watching the news, getting wrapped up in the COVID and everything else, the politics, well, it's going to say, okay, the world sucks. We're all going to die. And that's the end of life. Or you can fill your subconscious mind with positive things. I'm a person that I think of the 8 billion people on this planet, 99% of them are good, loving, caring people. Unfortunately, they don't get the news coverage. It's always the ones on the fringe, all the weirdos that get the fringe. Like right now in our country, we're going through a lot of stress right now. And who is on the news? All these people causing havoc. Most people are loving, caring people. And so what you've got to do is you got to fill your mind, your subconscious mind through books, through video for people you hang out with. Uh, I love uh, the late Charlie Tremendous Jones used to say, in five years, you're going to be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. So what are you reading or what are you watching on social media? Who are you exposing yourself to? Who's in your inner circle? Because all that matters because your subconscious mind is continuously recording all the information. Hey there, it's Mark, and I want to invite you to become a Mark Struchowski Insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Absolutely, because I I like to use the analogy of, if you were to imagine a six-foot-wide drain pipe, that's the amount of information that is coming at us at any moment. And then I want you to imagine a soda straw, okay? Your subconscious mind is absorbing that six-foot-wide pipe, and it's filtering all of that down to the soda straw and feeding that because that's the level that the, sub, the, that the actual conscious mind can absorb. And so... Right now, it's monitoring your heartbeat. It's monitoring your blood pressure. It's making sure that the the hormones are flowing around as they need to be. They're making sure that your hair grows, or in our case, not so much. (laughs) So it's out here doing all of these great, wonderful things for us. But the problem is we have not been able to control its programming. You were talking about how it can't really tell the difference. Well, it can and it can't. There's actually a system, a filtering system that is created, but for the first six to seven years of our life, it doesn't even exist. That's why kids are so gullible. Starting around six or seven years old, it's starting to develop, but it is not fully developed until the far side of puberty. And only then can it actually start discerning the difference between something that, oh, this is good for me or this is bad for me. And so, or this is in alignment with my beliefs, and this is not in alignment with my beliefs. But a belief is just that. It's a belief. And if somebody is out there saying, oh, no, the world's coming to an end, they can go find a lot of evidence that that is true. But if we turn around and we look for this is the best time to be alive, we can go find evidence of that too. So, again, what we focus on we attract, we bring to us, because that's what our conscious mind is paying attention to, which sends a message to the subconscious mind that says, hey, show me this. Hmm. And so you, I'm sure you've heard the story about you go out and want to go buy a yellow Corvette. Yep. Because, and then once you start thinking about yellow Corvettes, you will start seeing yellow Corvettes everywhere. 
the reticular activating system. 100%. And what's interesting is I get a lot of compliments on my show or when I'm out in public and they'll say, man, you, you, you know, a lot of information. How, how do you get all this information? And so I read a lot and people say, well, how do you have time to read? I say, I make it a priority. Okay. We want to talk about success. Look at the most successful people in the world. They read a lot and they don't consider themselves experts. They consider themselves students first. So if you want to be well-read, then read more and read books. We talked about comfort already. Don't read books in your comfort zone. Read books that are like, okay, I don't know about this topic. I'm going to, I'm going to read it anyways. Expand your horizons because you go talk to Mark Cuban, the star of the billionaire star of Shark Tank. He probably could talk about most things that most like machine language. He's learning machine language because that's the thing of the future. He could say, ah, oh, I'm machine language. I don't want to learn that. But he, he doesn't want to be like looking like clueless. So he learns machine, like he can't code, but he knows what machine language is. Artificial intelligence. We have Siri, we have Google home, we have Alexa. You should know what it is. You should know how it's working. Uh, another example, the social dilemma. Social media is not free folks. They're taking information and selling it. Do you know that? Have you watched the social dilemma on Netflix? Or are you just like, Oh, I'm going to stay in my comfortable bubble uh, you know, I'm just gonna, everything's Pollyanna. Everything's going to work out right. Wake up or as they say, they say in 2021, get woke and you get woke by exposing yourself to experiences or books or people that can teach you new things. But I think Brian, so many people like their comfortable, the little circle. Okay. They it may smell because they haven't cleaned in a while and they they haven't changed their clothes or brushed their teeth, but it's comfortable because it's theirs. But you're never going to grow, as we said already a couple of times in the show, until you get outside that bubble. You're right. With this reaching beyond what you're comfortable with, you know, so many times we keep, we, we get complacent. Because you, you talk about challenging yourself by reading different types of books. And reading books is great. One of the challenges that I see so many people struggle with is that they have a they don't have a learning or knowing problem. They have a doing problem. Yeah. You have probably heard that CEOs read 50 books a year or more. And that's good if what you're wanting to accomplish is to gain information and overview of lots of different topics. However, I would challenge somebody to read a book like Think and Grow Rich 50 times in one year. Because then you're not just reading it, you're studying it. And then I challenge people to do the next step because I said, we don't have a learning problem, we have a doing problem. I'm sure you have read several things in those books that you didn't apply. You're not using. It's not that we haven't learned the information, we haven't been exposed to the information. We haven't gotten good at using it. And see, that's the problem. There's this learning curve that we have to go through in order before, before we get good at something, before it comes our new normal. We have to do something that is uncomfortable. We have to practice it. When you first learn to ride a bike, you didn't hop on the bike and automatically <laughs> ride off and can go do a 20-mile marathon or, or bike ride, whatever yeah. it is. 
<clears throat> so it took some time. It took some failure. You fell off. You skinned some knees. You scraped up your shins. You did a lot of different things. But you eventually, most people who have gotten to the point where they ride a bike, they have gotten very good at using it. So it became a natural habit for them. So what I see happen so many times is people say, oh, I'm going to go create this new habit. And they get started for a little while. And they have that energy and excitement to get them started. But they don't have enough energy and excitement to keep them going through this learning process to where they get good enough at it. People are not making the commitment to stick with it long enough to get good at it. People aren't willing to go through that level of pain, of failure, of looking stupid, of being criticized in order to, because again, you stop to think about it. Any skill worth learning is a skill worth failing at at first. Very true. And I could tell you that up until 2021, I was reading books for the sole purpose of putting in a, another book on my list of books I've read. Then something happened around the end of December 2020, and I said, that's crazy. What I'm going to do in 2021, I'm not going to worry. I still track the books I read, but the goal is not to read 52 books a year or 35 books a year. I said, what do I want to learn this year? Okay. And then I determined, because I only read print books. I don't read eBooks. I only read print books. And I determined to slow down. I was trying to read faster and faster and faster to go to the next book, next book, next book, next book. Now I'm slowing down. I've got my, my marker. I got my highlighter and I slow down because for me, even though I could read faster, I really immerse myself in the book because I think the books is one of the best investments you can make. Think about it. I'm reading a world without email with Cal Newport. One of my favorite authors right now. I pay 20 bucks to the book. If I, ask Cal Newport to get on a zoom call with me and read me his book. He would charge me a lot more than 20 bucks. Now, should every book be read? No, I've read books. I'm like, I don't get it. And there's this fear of people. Well, I paid for the book. I got to read it. No, if it's not speaking to you, then go on to the next book because otherwise you're going to, you're going to go through that quicksand and you're going to get more irritated every time you put that book up. Cause you got to finish the book and you're going to get the end and go. That was a waste of my time. Well, if you're not, learning anything. And like you said, if you're not learning, you're probably not going to do, then go to the next book. Simple as that. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to mrproductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. Right. Absolutely. Because I'm an Amazon bestselling author, I've, I, I know a lot of the statistics here. The 70% of the self-help books are never read. <laughs> Most people don't make it past the first chapter. In fact, a lot of them are just sitting on the shelf collecting dust because what happens is, is when we bought the book, we had a desire. We, we, we had some pain that we were trying to solve. And so, and we felt because, again, we, we took action in the direction that would make that pain go away. The subconscious said, okay, you've, taken, you, you've made some progress in that direction. We'll lower the pain level. And so the pain level went away. So when, if you ordered it from Amazon or wherever, since 
I couldn't believe it. I saw a statistic that said over 35% of people have never been in a bookstore. Can you believe that one? I love bookstores. Oh, my goodness. I mean, right now in a town of probably 165,000 people, there's one major bookstore and a few smaller books, the, the smaller independent bookstores. There's no way that they can serve all that. So most people are getting their books from Amazon or online somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so between the time that they've purchased the book, again, Amazon has spent millions and millions of dollars to make the one-click buy possible. Yep. Because they knew if they could get you make it so simple for you to buy that you wouldn't hesitate. And so the longer the more clicks you have, the 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 higher the fall off rate of cart abandonment. Yeah. As I go off in a bit of a technical marketing there, didn't mean to do that. But again, the different the time difference between buying the book online and the time it shows up, chances are you've moved on. Mm. Well, it's interesting you mentioned uh, Amazon. I got this thing about Amazon. Uh, I, I try not to buy anything from Amazon. I don't like Jeff Bezos. I don't like the way he treats his workers. So I switched buying my books, the books a million, and I pay a little more. But you know what? I, I'm sp- I'm supporting a smaller company. Uh, we don't have a lot of small town bookmakers here. I just don't like Amazon. Want to take over the whole entire world? People need to do their research on Amazon. They've got a real big counterfeit problem. And I tell people that they say, well, I'm going to buy an Apple product. I'll go on Amazon. No, spend the extra money, get it from Apple so you know it's certified. Um, so I try not to buy Amazon. I try not to spend a lot of money with big companies because I think big companies are getting too big, like Facebook. They own Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger. I try not to do anything with Facebook. Um, I just I just like to help the smaller guy. I never was like this. I never thought like this. I'm 55 years young now. And I would rather, if a book is like, $18 at Amazon, I will go to a local bookstore if they have it and pay $25 because now I'm helping that little business person because I don't want to be able to get to a point. I don't want to get to a point where everything we buy has to come from Amazon. That's called a monopoly. Now, kudos to him for building up this multi-trillion dollar business, but I, I have a big problem with Amazon. The workers work seven days a week now. They're, you know, they deliver on Christmas Eve until seven o'clock at night. I don't think that's right. That's again, that's got nothing to do with the show, but you went off a little tangent on the, on the one click thing. I just have this thing about Amazon. I picked a, I pushed one of your buttons there. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but I, and, and I will definitely agree with you. Support your local businesses as much as possible. They are out there trying to make ends meet to survive. And when they try to compete with the big dogs, they have to come up with a better way. Yep. And so it's actually something I help my clients do because I work with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals is how do you make, create a better quality experience for the customer? And I agree. I mean, if I can find it someplace else, I won't buy it from Amazon. I use that as an example because it makes things convenient. And again, it's the simple, it's what you know, and I can't tell you how many people have an automatic shipment coming into their house <laughs> from Amazon because it's convenient. Yep. We, as a society, have been told that we need to make it as easy and as simple as possible, but that 
is a fallacy. You stop to think about some of the greatest moments of your life. Chances are they come from achieving a level of success after a significant challenge. Oh, 100%. 100%. And anyone listening to the show that can't think of several moments in their life, that you, you got to look a little deeper because it's there. I just had one recently, just a couple days ago. I've got this signature productivity program, and I was having trouble selling it. And I'm working with a coach and we had a conversation and she brought out for me, this is where the disconnect was. Now I was in the forest. I couldn't see the trees changed everything. I've been trying to figure this thing out for months. And she was able to look at this one thing and go, Oh, this is what the problem is. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's right in front of me. That's why you need to have coaches because you're in the battle. And you can't see everything from a 360 degree angle. So go get yourself a coach. I can't, you know, when I first got my first coach, I'm like, it was a Tony Robbins result coach. And I'm like, why do I need a coach? You know, Tony Robbins doesn't need a coach. And, and I remember my coach saying, well, not only does Tony Robbins have a coach, he's got six coaches and Tiger Woods has a coach and Michael Jordan had a coach. And I'm like, well, why do they need coaches? They're high performers. And my coach said, why do you think they're high performers? So if you really want to go to the next level, you know, Brian's a coach. I'm a coach. A coach is going to help you see those areas, which to us are so simple because we're outside your situation. But if you want to go to that next level, even though and I know I'm dating myself here, but you and I are about the same age, probably even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. We need other people in our lives to say, hey, don't step there. There's a puddle there. Don't go down that path. There's a rattlesnake. That's what a coach is. And I, I every time I get a chance to toot the horns of coaches everywhere. Coaches are there to help you become the best of you possible. Absolutely. And if you haven't had a coach before, a coach, when I first got my first coach, I didn't realize what it could do for me. I paid too much, a lot of money for an extended program. It was six months long and we met six times, once a month. And I found I did more in the week before I was supposed to meet with my coach than I did the other three weeks of the year of that month. Wow. Okay. Because I knew I was going to have to get on the phone with him and share with, okay, you said action items when we got on the phone the last time, what did you get done? And it was like, I didn't do it. You know, nobody want, again, it's that level of pain yep. that we don't want to feel because again, this is somebody that we usually look up to. We want their approval. And if, again, we're using fear to pull us forward as opposed to hold us back. Yeah. Plus, if you find that you you find a coach and they're not helping you grow, they're not helping you move forward, go find somebody else. Yes. Yes. I mean, we're both coaches. And I could coach you and you could coach me. Maybe it would work. Maybe not. Simply be, and everybody has their area of expertise. The reason why Tony had six coaches is he was looking in different areas of his life. He had one in health. He had one. He was always looking for some, the best of the best and then modeling what works. But again, like you said, when you are in the picture, you can't see the rest of the picture. Mm -hmm. So having that outside perspective is huge. But the thing that I love to say is, 
I can't take the journey for you. Yep. But I will take the journey with you. Love and that. a great coach should not be telling you what to do, but they should be helping you identify what the most important things you should be doing are. Wow. This is an incredible episode. We talked about fear. We talked about the subconscious mind. We talked a lot about habits and pain levels and coaches. And I went off on my tangent on Amazon a lot here. And folks, don't forget, there's no law that says you can't listen to an episode again. So if you miss something, go back to the beginning. Let's do it again and again and again, because it's the information here. So final question for you, Brian, where can we go find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Well, again, we've touched on a lot of different topics. And the thing that I find is people want, well, how can I learn more about fear? Because I've written a book called Unleash Your Fear. I've actually put together a 90-minute masterclass called Become Unstoppable, where I take and help explain how to turn fear into your ally. And I also take, because I have been doing personal development since I was in junior high. You mentioned Tony Robbins. I'm a certified coach with Tony Robbins' team. I'm a, I'm a John Maxwell certified coach, trainer, and speaker. I have been doing personal development for decades. I have a vault of information that I help people with. And I boiled it. The five, I've put together the five keys of success, the five things that you need in your life in order to truly make success inevitable for you. And I put together this 90-minute masterclass. It's 90 minutes of education. I, there's not a sales pitch at the end of it. And if people want, they can go visit that and watch that. They can text the word results, results to 77948. And that will send them a link to register for that masterclass. And they can get a deeper dive into what we talked about today. Excellent. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. It was awesome having you here, sir. Thank you very much, Mark. Have a great day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchewski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchewski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.